Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Business Growth Show, where we talk about all components of business and how to utilize them for exponential growth. My name is Nathan Cassiotis. I'm a business growth expert where I help business owners grow and scale to create wealth and freedom. And today, I have an awesome guest. His name is George Hassis, and he's an entrepreneur, industry-leading builder, business coach, speaker, and the director at Pascon, Builder Elite, and Legacy Media. He's a registered commercial and residential building practitioner with 25 years of experience with leading construction companies in Victoria. And with formal qualifications in construction management, he has extensive experience in project management, design and construction, financial control, client relationship management, and negotiation. And prior to establishing Pascon in 2015, George held various project and operational management positions with some of Melbourne's leading construction companies, including Multiplex, Abbey Group, and Buildcept. And having worked on some of Melbourne's most iconic and award-winning construction sites, George's experience and passion led him to establishing Pascon to forge his own mark on the construction industry. And now he helps builders establish their business for the long-term and lift industry standards with Builder Elite. Welcome, George Passas, and thank you for being on my show. Ethan, thank you very much for having me, mate. So I need to get you to introduce me like that more often. That was fantastic. You're welcome, mate. I, people will love my introductions with the energy, so maybe I can do it That's at great. your events or something like that. That's it. I don't, I don't think I could ever be introduced uh, just normally ever again. So that was fantastic, mate. Thank you. You're um, welcome, mate. Yeah, cheers, mate. I've, I've, uh, we've been connecting for a little while, and it's great to now finally be on your podcast and, and have this discussion. So thank you very much for having me. You're welcome, mate. I'm sure it's going to be a great show for everyone watching and listening today. So you're a very successful entrepreneur. So for those people who don't know who you are, please introduce yourself by telling us about your new journey. Yeah, absolutely. So look, builders breed builders. My dad was a builder and it was sort of a natural progression for me to get into the industry and 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 forge my own mark. So started off through the education route. So I got my building diploma and construction management degree. And then from there, I worked for Multiplex. I went and got my very first job at Multiplex. As I was studying, though, I did have a lot of exposure to residential construction sites because obviously that's where my dad was working most of the time. And I was able to work on his sites and some of his friends' sites. And I got a real understanding for construction, which I think gave me a real leg up during my studies. And then when I started at Multiplex, it was like a completely different world. When you, you jump in, I remember my very first day still, I remember thinking, I'm going to walk in there. I'm going to be the best employee. I'm going to know so much. And then day one, they open up the drawings. It was a 30-story office building in the city. And they're like, here, you need to do this, 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 and this. And I was like, holy shit, I've got no idea what I'm doing. So it was a real eye-opening experience. And at that sort of an organization, it was very much a single swim mentality. They threw you in the deep end right away. They said, here you go, you're managing this, have fun. And you either came out swimming or you drowned. And thankfully, I came out swimming and started to excel in that space. I had a really difficult boss, but I learned a lot from him. He was, he was, very, he was very much an old school builder with that real authority type uh, management style. And even though it wasn't how I manage and how I operate today, it still taught me a lot. It toughened me up, that's for sure. But it also taught me how I wasn't going to manage too. Multiplex was a great experience. I worked on some of you know real iconic projects and a couple of high story uh, apartment, sorry, office buildings in the city. And then also worked on the billion dollar project, the convention center um, down in Melbourne as well. So that was a real fantastic project. 
From there, I ended up moving to Abbey Group. We got, I got made redundant, actually, in 2008 after the GFC. And then one of the construction managers who became a director at Abbey Group pulled me across, like my work ethic, obviously, and what I was about. So I was able to work there. Abbey Group was a fantastic company. They're no longer around. They got bought out by Lend Lease about well, years ago now. And real good company, great culture. They were really, really systems orientated. And that's probably where I got the majority of my systems knowledge that I've used today in my own business. Uh, I was working in their construction division. They had a huge civil division. What happened was at the time when I was at Abbey Group again, they started to run out of work in their construction division. So they put me on the Peninsula Link Freeway. And I was really standoffish. I'm like, look, I'm not a civil engineer. I don't plan to be building roads. I don't have interest in it. But they gave me the opportunity of building a freeway control center. So I literally had my own project that I could run from budget to completion. I did the project management, I did the site management, I did everything on the project. So it was a real fantastic experience. And that's actually what led to me getting my commercial license. So really good experience there. Came to the end of that project where I finished it. They then moved me onto the freeway and doing works there. And again, I lasted two weeks. I had no interest. I didn't want to be doing it. And then applied for a role at BuildSept. They were a boutique construction company, probably turning over around $20 million at the time when I joined them. They got up to about $50 million and sadly they became a statistic in 2019 and uh, had to close the doors due to external factors on their business that they couldn't sustain anymore. So once I, I left prior to that and started my own business at Pascom, originally we actually started off as a development company. We parted, We partnered up with a developer doing a lot of his own projects, which was, again, great experience because I got to see the ins and outs of doing developments. And then we broke away from that relationship because it wasn't really serving us as much. And then that's when Pascom really took its strides and started to do a lot more client type work. Since then, we've been specializing in the architectural home space and delivering quality projects all throughout Victoria. And just recently as of this year, actually, no, sorry, last year, as of last year, we completed our first commercial projects, the warehouse development, the business park in Croydon, which was great. You know, that that was, for me, it was easy. And I love that type of project because that's what I learned doing my whole, my whole career when I was working for people. So it was a really easy transition for us to do a project like that. And it's now opened the doors and the opportunity to do a lot more. And we're looking at doing a few developments in that space too. Uh, we've just recently signed up a couple of apartment projects too, which is something I actually said I would never build at Pascom. So it's funny how times change. I had a developer who we've done a lot of work with in the past. They approached me, says, I want you to do these apartments. I said, listen, mate, I don't do apartments. There's no point talking to me. The reason I don't, I never wanted to build apartments is I knew that the, I knew the margins that builders go in on those types of projects for. And I wasn't willing to get out of bed for that sort of money. Anyway, long story short, he he said he wanted me to do it. He wanted to work in with me and was happy to pay what I was wanting to do for the project uh, on the back end that you know we were both doing it together and, and, and having a more of a collaborative approach to delivering the project as opposed to build a developer. So we managed to agree to figures. We managed to agree to contracts. And last week we started on site on that project. So it's 10 apartments in Brighton and then also another penthouse fit out in Brighton as well. So really with the same developer. So the relationships already begin to flourish and we're already looking at future projects with them too. So that's in a nutshell where I'm where I'm at and where we've been and where I've come from. Yeah, awesome, man. Love that. So uh powerful experience that you've done there. And then um 
you know, to then be able to help builders as well, right? In terms of what you're doing now to do a similar thing um, there, which is awesome with Builder Elite. So um, let, let's just talk quickly about Pascon, right? Because you, you've had a lot of success and you're obviously still having success um, in that business in, in the, you know, the luxury home sort of building specialist majority about what you do. What do you think was really key, you know, to your success in that business? Look, one of the things that I say is a competitive advantage that I have over most other builders is we're a commercial builder that builds houses. And the advantage for that is we're very systems orientated and process driven. We have a management structure. We have a team that builds homes. It's not me in a tool belt. I don't go on site, hammer nails. It's not the best use of my time, but I do employ people to do those things. And then we have the management in-house in to deliver the project as well. So that's probably the, the, the one thing that has really sustained our success over the years is we're really process driven in that aspect of, uh, of construction. Yeah, I love that. Getting off the tools and actually building a proper business here where you've got, you know, everyone working together for the common goal. So. Yeah. And I think that's the that's the problem in the industry at the moment. There's a lot of technically sound builders. They're really, really good at actually building homes. You could tell them, ask them anything, and they'll be able to give you the answer structurally where everything is. Probably really good at managing their, their projects as well. But what they fail to recognize is they actually have a business. And I've got a saying that Good builders don't build anything. They manage the building process. And some people try to argue that with me. And then it's not until they have a 10-minute conversation with me that I show them why that's true. And as a result of that, you know, that's where I've seen a lot of builders be really successful over the years. Yeah, awesome, man. Love it. And, uh, you know, obviously with Build Elite now, you're helping, you know, the construction industry, you know, builders, business owners to grow. Um, so... Obviously, there's, there's, there's different people that do things, right? So what's a bit different about what you're, you're doing, I guess, you know, uh, that, that's happening out there? In Is the this in, in Builder Elite, you say? Yeah. So Builder Elite was actually a consequence of COVID. And the reason it was is during COVID, that was probably the most difficult time I've ever been in business, both personally, professionally, all aspects across the board. And we established Builder Elite purely because there was, uh, there was a, I, I saw and identified a huge problem in the industry. There were so many builders going under and still are. Builders before COVID were in the top five organizations to go broke. Following COVID, the flow and effect, we are now the number one organization in the country to go broke, builders. Now, that's an alarming statistic to be that number one spot. And to me, it shows that there, there are so many external factors to the successful delivery of a project, to the success of your company on your business, that we needed to put things a little bit more in our favor to protect ourselves, the business, and in effect, really everyone that works for us and our clients. So I was pricing a lot of projects at Pascon that were takeover projects. So the builder had gone broke, they hadn't finished the job, they walked off the job, whatever it was. Of those say 10, 15 projects that we priced or that, that I looked at, I only priced four. That's because all the other ones were too far gone and I couldn't put my name to it. From those four, we won probably two or I think three projects. Now, I look at those takeover projects and once we got involved, yep, it was fantastic. We delivered the project. The owners were over the moon. They, they had that security of us coming in there and actually finishing the project. But it got me thinking that I needed to try and do something to stop us being, that, being in that number one spot. The other thing was the difficult times that I experienced in business at Pascon during COVID, I didn't ever want to go through that myself and I didn't want other builders to go through that either. So I then started to put down a program 
that I saw was really beneficial for people that if they incorporated that into their business, they would somewhat future-proof themselves from any further disasters or just combat the day-to-day pressures of running a construction company. Yeah. Awesome, man. Love that. It's interesting how, you know, things pop up when there's challenges, but with every challenge, there's always opportunity. And obviously you've, you've seized that at the same time, which is great. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's what I look at it as. Uh, we, we lost life-changing money during COVID and they were all because of things that we couldn't stop. You know, the, the, the restraints that we had from um, the state government on construction, people forget, they think, oh, we're builders, we were able to work, you should consider yourself lucky. We had projects that were costing us $10,000 a month in prelims and delays, plus a 900% increase in the price of timber. And then you add all those things up across multiple projects, you're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars in that year and millions of dollars over the period of the, the two years of COVID that we really had here. So it was the only way, the only reason we sustained and were able to get through that was purely because of how we're set up as a business how we're systems orientated, how we're process driven. And look, it did cost us a lot of money. And one thing I'm, I'm really proud of is we didn't go back to a single owner, not one of them for a single cent in additional costs on any of our projects. We honored our contract price. In hindsight, I probably wish I would go back in time and charge them because I felt that we were doing the right thing. We always acted with integrity. And you know what? I go to sleep every night and I sleep like a baby. My conscience is clear. Now, some of those owners still have the audacity to then come back to us and try and go us for not only some late costs, but also some of them didn't even pay their final invoices. And unfortunately, we have to go through that process now of seeking those funds. And we will get them. Speaking to solicitors, like it's blatantly, they just haven't paid. So we have to go through that process again. Another learning experience. It is what it is. And they will, they all end up paying in the end. So, but again, this whole process, everything that I had to go through has made me what the builder that I am today has really just made builder elite skyrocket. There are so many builders in need of the things that I can teach and the things that they're not doing in their business that will just really help them in the future. And one thing I will always do looking back as well from now on, and what I advise all my mentees is you always have to protect the ship. You always have to make sure the ship is 100%. Okay, you can't, if you don't protect the ship and the ship goes down, everyone is in the ship, everyone. But if you can protect the ship, the business, and make sure that it's still financial, it's still profitable, it's still it's still doing the things that it needs to do, you can always rebuild later. Yeah, awesome, mate. Love it. Very, very powerful. So let's talk about, apart from the operations, right, of delivering the services that we're doing in, in the building construction business, like what key elements apart from the operation should we need to be focusing on right to really accelerate and have you know a, a really sustainable profitable business yeah so what we do at builder elite is there four core elements that we look to deep dive in in each aspect of your construction business now the first one is brand so how you how you brand yourself across all the social media platforms even doing stuff like this whether a, a, a business owner gets onto your podcast or gets onto another podcast how they're branding themselves across their whole organization is absolutely critical because everyone's attention these days, it's on the phone. You can't deny it. People scroll the height of the Eiffel Tower daily on average. Some people do more, some people do less, but that's where their attention is. No one watches live TV anymore. And if they are watching live TV, what do they pick up when the ads come up? 
straight onto their phone. So if you're not front of mind when that comes to place, you're, you're going to be left behind to builders and companies that are doing that. The other thing we really push with the brand element is personal brand. So building a professional brand, not just the company brand. A lot of people think I'm just going to build a brand for Pascon and not worry about myself, or I will be the face of the company. You do want to have that disconnect, even though there is that strong association, you still want to have the two as separate entities because one can feed into the other and vice versa. Also, people buy from people. So why wouldn't you want to connect and show people what you're about and what you do? So one of the elements is brand that we do focus on. Also, there is marketing in that space too, but that's one of the pillars that we really focus on. The next one is systems. We just came off last weekend a three-day intense systems immersion where I had 20 builders in our room and our mentees that are in the group. And we went through all the systems that they need to be incorporating into their business. Now, this is through trial and error with myself in my own construction company, things I've picked up working for all the other organizations that I was working at previously. And it's it's tried and tested methods, things that I've used, things that I've seen great success in, things that I haven't. And there's no sugarcoating anything. I will tell people if a product is shit. I will tell people if a product is really good or I will tell them about its limitations, however it might be. And what we use today may be completely different to what we use in 12 months time. It's always an emerging space. But systems is critical if you ever want to be working on your business, not in it. It's critical if you ever want to be in a position where you can take a holiday and not have to worry about the business burning down to the ground. So systems is probably one of my core strengths and something that we we always develop at Pascal. But it's also something that I love teaching to my builders because I tell them these things and it's like it blows their mind. They cannot believe they never thought about this or knew that that procedure even existed. The third thing is wealth. So people's relationship with money, I've found in the in the past, is always a negative one. And it's they have a scarcity mentality. People don't think that they are worth X amount of dollars. And if they are charging that sort of money, that they're ripping people off. So changing people's mindset about wealth, but also understanding the numbers. If you don't respect your money, your money won't respect you. So making sure they understand the numbers. And I know a lot of builders out there have anxiety when it comes to things, when you when you mention profit and loss or balance sheets or a forecast. And, and they don't have that level of power where on a project, they could tell you to the sense how much money they are making or losing on rubbish removal or carpentry or plumbing. These are core elements and things that you need to know as a business owner because then you can make informed decisions on a future projects that you might cross. So if you're over budget on, on rubbish removal, perhaps on the next project, you're going to allow a little bit more or you can make a different call to try and find a cheaper supplier or find another way to get rid of things. Maybe you can recycle and someone comes and picks it up for free. So there's things that you can do and make and take action when you know your numbers. It's a really critical aspect of the business. And the final one's vitality. And what I mean by vitality is life. It's the life that you live outside of your work, outside of your business. Because what's the one thing when you, when me, when we all started our business, what's the one thing we started that business for? Was to get more time, more money, to be able to work when we want, how we want. What's the very first thing that went away when you started your business? Your time, your money, and, <laughs> and how you want to operate. You end up becoming a slave to the business and a glorified director. You're just another employee. So I wanted to really set the, this pillar up so that people can understand that, hey, you've set your business up to service your life, not the other way around. You know, your, your business shouldn't get the best of you and then your family and life get the rest of you. It should really be the other way around. We want the business there 
as a huge asset where often it's for many business owners, it can either be your biggest asset or at least your second biggest asset behind your home, having your business. And we want to make sure that people have that ability to enjoy themselves within their life and take that time away to celebrate their achievements. You know, we're really big on that. A lot of the time when we set goals for ourselves, you, me, anyone in, in business, we set a goal, we achieve it. What's the next thing we do straight away? We set a new goal, all right? And then we work, 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 hard, hard, hard work, weekend, Saturdays, everything goes on. What do we do when we achieve it? Bang, we set a new goal. Well, what we try and do here at Builder Elite as well is we, we want to have that achievement of the goal, fantastic, but then we want to celebrate it. We want to take the time and go, you know what? How good is that? Well done. Let's go out and celebrate. Take the team out. Go on a weekend away. Do something for yourself for the achievement of that goal. It closes the loop in your mind. It's not just a constant work, 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 work. And again, with the life, the life pillar, it's I, I, when I was working at Abbey Group, I'll tell you a quick story. When I was working at Abbey Group, they had a, a survey, a site manager there. And he it was at the Christmas party and he had a 25-year um, award for working at the business for 25 years. The directors all get up there, they praise him, they say what a great worker he is, everything. Now, this gentleman stands up and I was about early, mid to early 20s at this time. And single, didn't have anyone in my, in my life right then, so I was young. And he, the words he said affected me even to this day. So he stood up, everyone's expecting him to say how much he loves Abbey Group and what an amazing company they are. And he gets up and he says, I've worked with this organization for 25 years. I've been at the office. I've been on site at 6 a.m. every day. I've been at the office 6 a.m. on a Saturday. I've been there 6 a.m. on a Sunday. I did whatever the project needed me to do for its successful delivery. Something that I've learned over the years is the project never ends. There's always another project. There's always something that needs to be done. And he just paused. He goes, I miss my son's grand final when he was 12 years old because I wasn't able to go to my girl, to my daughter's ballet rehearsals. I didn't attend school report days. I didn't attend their fates. He goes, because I was always working. He goes, this business will take everything from you. He goes, those are memories. Those are things that I will never get back. I can never get those things back. I will never have those memories again. I will never have that time with my young children. Yeah, these children were old now. They're all in their 20s and 30s, whatever they were. He goes, but I will never get my time back. He goes, my advice to you is understand that this is just a job and you don't need to give your soul to the project. Make the time to enjoy your life. Make the time so you can enjoy your family and be there for your children because they don't give a shit at the end of the day how big your house is, how big your car is. All they care about is spending time with you and having an amazing relationship with you. When they're older, they're going to go off and, and have their own life. And I guess they'll appreciate everything you've done. You're a hard worker. You're all these sorts of things. But as a result of what you're sacrificing at, at home, you know, you're taking that to work. So that was a really big thing that hit me back then. And I've always thought of that. I've always thought about that in my own life. And it probably came even more evident to me during COVID because I had to work that extra hard to make sure that the business was afloat, that we had to get through all these difficult periods. And it probably, it, not probably, it did impact on how my family life was. And I recognised that not long after, thankfully, and I made some drastic changes with that. And now, you know, I make sure whenever I'm home, phone is off, it's in the corner, and I'm fully focused on my kids. I've got young children, and I'm giving my wife the attention as well. 
because she's been home with young kids all, all day and she wants to have an adult conversation, not just me come home, be a zombie, sit on the couch and fall asleep watching TV. You know, no one wants that in their life. It's just the, it's like Groundhog Day, every day, rinse and repeat. So it's a, we, we have a core focus on the vitality part pillar to make sure that people are enjoying that aspect of their life. Yeah. Awesome, man. I love those pillars. And yeah, I do that with my clients, like business is like the vehicle, right? To create, you know, the life that you want in and the wealth and whatever you put that money into, right? From later on down the track and thinking forward. So I love that. And, you know, business is a lot about relationships, right? So I want to hear from your side about like networking and building relationships and things like that, because there's a lot of different factors, right? Not just with clients, with partners, with vendors, all of that type of stuff in there. So you know, how important it is um, in the industry, maybe some, you know, approaches what people should be thinking about, you know, to make sure they're building relationships so it's a win-win, you know, for everybody. 100%. More hands you shake, the more money you make, you know. It's you, people are saying, you know, you never talk to strangers. Of course you want to talk to strangers. You want to talk to as many strangers as you want because at the end of the day, strangers are going to give you money. Last time I checked, Auntie John and, oh, sorry, Uncle John and Auntie Karen aren't giving you money anytime soon or aren't coming to build with you. And if they are, they probably want a huge discount. So connecting with people is one of the biggest things. I actually made it my goal last year to meet new people. And as a result of that, I went out there. I've joined some um, uh, one of the mentors that I was speaking, that I had connected with. The circles that I was introduced to have just catapulted my business and my operations over the last two years, especially with Builder Elite. The connections I've made, like one of the guys that runs my marketing division, of of the of everything yeah, for every business I do, he does all the ads, all the marketing, everything. I met through these circles, and as a result of that, he's also come on as a GM type role at Legacy Media and running that aspect of the business. So it's huge the connections you can make. A perfect example is you. I met you at a wedding, at a mutual friend's wedding in one of those business circles that we were at. We started talking, and then we're like, "Oh, I do this, I do this, I do this." And then we reached out to each other or you actually contacted me through socials. We got talking. I was in Sydney three weeks ago. We had a, a four or five hour breakfast, I think it was. So great breakfast there. Next time my shirt when you come to Melbourne. And we got talking and here I am tonight. Here I am sitting on your podcast. No doubt this is going to get millions of views on YouTube and across all, and all your listeners. But there's the connection there. And who knows what that leads to? Some one of your followers may now look at this and go, wow, I really need to connect with George. And where's that going to lead me? It is just never ending the possibilities that you can create in your business when you connect with people. And that's one thing I try. That's what we harp on about more at our brand pillar where we go, guys, it's not, it's not social media isn't about you being an egomaniac or doing it for likes or anything like that. It's about connection with people. It's where their attention is. So that's that's huge for me. And aside from that, I've made some really long-lasting friendships, people that I genuinely want to connect with and hang out with. One of them, funny enough, called me today, haven't spoken to him for three, four months, but he called me to say hello and get some advice on a development he's looking to purchase. Now, that development, if he does purchase it, who's he going to call as his builder? Now, if I never made the effort to go and speak to him, to find out about his business, to talk about his family, to see the common interests that we have, if I just sat in my chair, didn't connect with anyone and just did my own thing, that never would have existed. So connection with people is one of the core things you need to be doing in business, without a doubt. 
Yeah, I love it, mate. And I love the story of us, right? You never know where it's going to lead, right? And the ripple effect, right? Of, of that connection you're going to be connected to or seeing the stuff online. So I love um, all of that section there. And I think one of the biggest challenges in business right now for any business is is hiring the right people, right? Like, you know, especially in Australia, yeah. uh, a lot of places, there's, there's a bit of a shortage, right? Um, of, of people and getting quality people. So do you want to talk about, you know, that element of hiring and probably retaining, right? As well as important, because it's not just getting them in, it's making sure that they're enjoying yeah. the business in the industry and, and to getting, attracting and developing, you know, talent. Yeah, absolutely. And you're completely right. And I feel at the moment we have a really good team, but that that, that didn't just happen like that. So with, with that, I like to hire quickly and I like to fire quickly. I don't want to sit on people that I know aren't the right fit for my business. So we'll get people in. Obviously, we do our due diligence. I want to make sure I'm getting the right person into the role. I tell them my expectations. I see what they're about. I see if they're driven. I get them to give me all the information that I need. Then I make an informed decision. When I give someone a go, I then monitor. I go, right, is he doing these things? Are they are they contributing? Are they a team player? Are they just head down, bum up? Are they in work early? Are they out late? Or are they in late and out early? What is their culture? How do they operate? And it's not until you get those people in the organization that you can see whether they're really good because, you know what, I could interview for any job and probably get it. I'm really good at talking. I'm charismatic enough to build influence and build rapport with someone to get a job. However, when I get in there and now you've got me working at a butcher, I don't know what cut is what is what. So until I'm in that role doing what I'm doing, you don't really know. So the owner wouldn't have that ability to assess just from me talking to him. So I think it's really important as business owners, you have to be able to rip off the bandaid and make the call when you need to. Now, as far as finding people, it is difficult. It's not easy. So what you have to do is work hard. Okay, you just have to work harder to get them. You can poach. There's nothing wrong with that. If you see, say, for example, a good carpenter working for your crew, have a chat with them. Hey, mate, what are you up to? Do you want to have a conversation? I want to catch up for a coffee with you. He's like, yeah, cool, no worries. You catch up for that coffee, say, look, there's an opportunity for you to come here, do this, 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 and this. You may have to pay them a little bit more. If they are worth it, they will make you money. A bad employee will cost you money. A good employee will cost you nothing. A great employee will make you money every day of the week. So to pay them an extra three, four, five dollars an hour if they are a great employee, it's it's a simple decision. You just got to be able to make that call. You got to be able to go there and risk employing someone and then potentially finding out they're not the right fit. And then okay, cool. We've got to make a call and move on. So you know we we went through a growth period in 2018, I think it was. And we, we won a whole bunch of work. All these projects we tended on, we just secured them, which was fantastic. And I found that our quality started to drop. So I went out, I was speaking to my mentors, and then they told me, look, you need to get people in your business. I went out and I employed two administrators, three carpenters, and one site manager, all within the space of two, three weeks. And some of those people, fantastic. There was a couple of them, though, that I had to let go. They weren't the right fit for the business. So these are calls you just have to make and you have to keep growing. And you know what? You've got to go through the shit. It's unfortunate, but you've got to go through the shit and eventually you will have a great team. Now, as far as retaining the key, the team, having setting key KPIs with people, I'm really big on that. Next week, I've actually got a KPI meeting with most of my staff. And that's sitting down and setting their goals for the next six months. This is what I need you to achieve. This is where you need to start excelling in the business 
in order for you to prosper at your role, in order for you to be a key contributor and value team member. It's also an opportunity for them to come back at you and say, okay, great. I really want to get into project management. I really want to get into site management. I really want to learn more about estimating. And then you can start establishing goals and getting training for them, helping them get to where they want to be in their career. And again, because you, you do it regularly because their goals at 23 may be completely different at 29 with two young kids. So people's priorities change, people's goals change. So this is where your KPIs are really important and keeping in touch with your client, with your employees. And I find every single time I've ever done that, every employee has stepped out of that meeting with a spring in their step. They've stepped out going, great, George cares about me. This company has a future plan. This company, I'm, I can see myself being here for the years to come and growing in that opportunity. So that's how you really go about finding, retaining, and really get rid of, getting rid of employees as well. Yeah, awesome, man. Love that. Very, very powerful section there. And let's talk about coaching and mentoring now, right? Because obviously, you know, you're um, you're bigger on um, on this. You're already doing it yourself. I'm a coach and mentor. We have coaches and mentors ourselves, obviously, as well. That's right. Like, being one so i just want to hear about how important is coaching mentoring being for you you know in your business and life what it's helped you to achieve as if personally yeah. stuff that i've received yeah. absolutely it's been it's been one of the core reasons to my success without a doubt every single cent i've ever invested in myself and it's hundreds of thousands of dollars it paid itself back 10 times over i've got no doubt about that whatsoever and i, I use an example with some people which i find funny Every builder, every trade, they're so quickly to go out and buy a new Ford Ranger, which costs $70,000, right? Not a problem. They'll go out, they'll get a loan, they'll do the repayments for the next five years, they'll have their balloon, they have a nice shiny car at the end of it. Now, how many of those people that just went out and spent $70,000 on a car would go and spend $70,000 on their own personal development to seek advice and expertise from a mentor? Hardly any of them. And then if that person went out and said, I just spent $70,000 on mentoring, everyone around him would be like, are you okay? Have you been hit in the head? Have you joined the cult? You know, so that whole idea of not investing in yourself, the car doesn't make you money. The car doesn't do anything. You got the car. So you've got to invest that same sort of money in your own education and your own learnings in order to be in places where other people are not. It's as simple as that. And every time I've seeked knowledge and advice from mentors what they do what a mentor really does is they save you time they save you time because they've gone through all the shit that you are about to or are going through and then they can steer you in the right direction and say hey don't do your contracts like that do it like this this will protect you more than what you're doing right now now that simple thing could be worth hundreds of thousands of dollars to you just that one little change like that <clears throat> So plus the other strategies, plus the other connections that it brings to you as well. There are people out there that, again, coming in these circles, when you're surrounded by like-minded people, they're going to want to do business with you as well. Like, oh, you're a builder? Fantastic. I'm actually building my home in, in down the peninsula. Can you help me out? Oh, look, I don't build down there, but this person does. Send them there and vice versa. Or they say, yeah, absolutely, I can help you out. So all of a sudden, from your single connection of paying a mentor 50, 60, $100,000, you're now being connected to a project that's going to make you three, four, five hundred $500,000. That's just one example. You take it further than all the learnings and all the teachings you get and you implement that into your business, the, the value of that is worth millions. 
but people don't see it. People get scared. They feel that it's a scam because you're not taught this stuff at school. You're taught, no, open the book, read it, memorize it. You'll be really smart. Then go and work nine to five, right? The super successful do things differently. It's as simple as that. The super successful in any industry, they do things differently to everyone else that's working nine to five. So that's why, you know, if you're in business, you're crazy not to have a mentor. Honestly, yeah, you you should be looking at a mentor in your business at all stages because, you're, again, you're different from day one. You're different at day 400. So you might have mentors that are great for you at the beginning of your life, at your business career, but not really suited once you start turning over eight figures. So then you need a different mentor, a different person to connect with that has achieved, that has had those problems at the eight figures and what you need to be doing, the people you need to be connecting with. The eight-figure mentor will probably have really good connections in legal, in accounting, in marketing that you've never had access to. But because you're dealing with someone else, you're getting that in. So but having a mentor for myself, I think, is, is, is going to be a forever game. Now, the mentor I've got right now, does that mean I'm going to be with him for the next 10 years? Don't know. Could be if he keeps continuing, if he keeps giving me the things that I, excuse me, that I need in my business. Yeah, maybe. But it could be at a point where I even outgrow him. And now I'm the one turning over more money than what he is. And then perhaps it changes from a mentor to a collaborative approach where we're doing business together. So this is where that, that whole thing can completely change. Yeah. Awesome, man. I love that. Completely agree. I've invested hundreds of thousands of dollars in myself as well, like you. And um, definitely is a shortcut, right? And and be able to take us yeah. to that next level. And it's been um powerful episode. So much value is being given. And as we're starting to wrap up, what one key piece of advice would you like to give to all the entrepreneurs watching and listening today? Yeah, well, I mean, we sort of just touched on it, but always, always seek knowledge. You know, go out there and learn and find better ways to do things because there often is. I think as business owners, it's so easy to get trapped in the day-to-day operations of your business. There is always something to do. When people say, what do you do for a, for a living? I tell them I'm a firefighter because all you're doing is putting out spot fires all day long. So I think seeking knowledge, seeking a mentor, people even just reading, listening to podcasts, seeking knowledge in your business to do things better, that's definitely a key. Definitely a key for sustained long-term success. And, you know, some people are really just at that next level. Maybe they don't need a mentor at that stage. But I guarantee you, if you've never done it before, there's someone that has done it before you and has, has had that problem. So going out and seeking the people who have the knowledge definitely is, is one of the key things. Yeah. Awesome, mate. Completely agree with all that. And yeah, we connected, like you said, at the wedding and then it's all transpired very quickly through networks, right? That's what it's all about through networks and where yeah. I learned about, you know, your awesome journey from having these various, you know, project operational manager positions to some of Melbourne's leading construction companies, um, as well as now being the director at Pascon, Udrali and, and Legacy Media. Awesome guys so knowledgeable, uh, you know, very genuine. I'm sure you continue to help you know, other builders establish their business for the long term and lift industry standards okay. with Buddha or lead and very grateful that we can have to look forward to uh you know continue our relationship and working with you at some form in the future and so um George, how can, yeah people find you and get in contact with you yeah for sure look you guys can find me across all social media platforms so just look up george passes and you should be able to find me there i'm very active on social media for good reason because that's where people's attention is and i'd like to put out content at scale as far as educational type stuff that people and builders and business owners can learn from and implement into their business. Literally, people could follow me 
on my socials and probably get all the mentoring that they need and have great success just by implementing stuff on my social media. And then there's also that next level where they get involved with our programs and what we're doing. So one of the things that we're regularly doing now is we have a builder summit on, which is a one day live event where we go through some core elements of running a successful construction company. So if you go onto our social media pages, you'll always find a link to go to our next builder summit. At the moment, we're probably doing four to five a year. However, this will just, it just, it's just getting bigger and bigger every single time. So if it means we've got to do one every month, that might be what it is. But at the moment, we're doing them generally every quarter. So you could always jump on the socials and find me at George Passes, at Builder Elite, and also at Pascom too. Yeah, awesome, mate. Um, everyone, definitely check out George on socials and all those different websites, um, those different companies that he mentioned, and at the Builders Summit. Um, you know, if that's up to you and you want to take your, your building and construction business to that business next level. And, uh, and thank you, everyone, for watching and listening to this show where we talk about everything on business growth. And please like, subscribe, and leave us a five-star review. And you can find me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube as Ethan Cassiotis or visit my website, ethancassiotis.com. If you want to go and scale your business, you can reach out to me on any platform to see if we're a good fit. And I completely agree with you, or do I? The only way you know is if you tune in next time. So until next time, remember that our business grows where we learn skills and take action using them in spite of fear. So remember to design your growth and results.